Good morning. It's a Monday. It is Kale and Company live here at WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And uh, this morning, as is our custom here on Kale and Company Live on a Monday morning, we check in with the head coach of uh, the UNH Football Wildcats, Rick Santos. Rick, good morning. Hey, Ken. How you doing? I am uh, doing well. Uh, Wildcats, as uh, most of us know, uh, lost at home Saturday night to uh, North Carolina Central 45-27 after a pair of wins uh, to open the season. Uh, your thoughts on Saturday night? Yeah, you know, you got to give credit to Coach Oliver and their staff. They were extremely well coached, played hard, played with passion. Um, they, they were a tough physical bunch. Um, yeah, we just we couldn't find a, you know, find a way to get a stop when we needed ultimately. And then, you know, the game didn't start the way we had hoped. We prided ourselves on, on getting off to a fast start in most contests. Um, you know, we had a three and out on offense. Uh, and then and then the Eagles went down and scored right away. Um, and then we had a, a mishap where we had an interception return for a touchdown on our second drive. So, you know, basically two possessions into the game, we're down 14 nothing. You know, we're playing uphill the, the rest of the game. Uh, I'll give credit to our guys. I thought they fought. They never quit. Um, you know, never – Never felt like that they gave up at all in that game, which is which is great. And I think it's something we can build upon, you know. But ultimately, we gotta we gotta play cleaner if we're going to continue to win here. And uh, much of your offense is uh, predicated on the running game. You get behind early, and you kind of have to uh, uh, go to the pass a little bit more than you you want. Exactly right, Ken. I think that you know that was success. Obviously, you know the the week previous against Albany, we were the one kind of controlling the clock, running the game, you know, running the ball as we saw fit, and we just simply we couldn't do that. The carries were down. We were in must-pass, obvious passing situations the whole night. You know, but I think there was a few silver linings in there. You know, Max Brosmer, you know, was 26-45 for nearly 300 yards and four touchdowns. So, you know, the 296 yards and four touchdowns were the, the two highs of his career. Um, so I think it's great to so that we can also make plays in the passing game when we need to make some contested catches. That was a very athletic, you know, defensive front that North Carolina or defense secondary that North Carolina Central had. So uh, it was great to see those guys and some young receivers really stepped up. You know, Joey Corcoran had seven catches for 81 yards, uh, which was great. And then DJ Lincoln, the true freshman, came in and had two big time touchdowns in the red zone. And uh, you, you mentioned uh, the defense. Uh, you, you really couldn't stop uh, North Carolina Central on third down. They converted uh, 12 of uh, 15 third down situations, including uh, five of five in the red zone. Yeah, you know what? I think it was one of those things where uh, it was a really good scheme by, by their staff. And, um, you know, their, their quarterback, uh, Davius Richard, I thought was the best player on the field all night. He was in complete control. Um, and in particular on third down, third and medium, third and short, you know, they were very quarterback run heavy. Um, and when you do that, you know, as you know, Ken, you get outgapped a little bit so then they can put the, the running back as an extra blocker. Uh, so they did a really good job kind of getting him at the running back at the point of attack, you know, getting uh, Davies downhill. And he was very tough to tackle in those situations. We're chatting with the UNH head football coach uh, Rick Santos, uh, coming off a loss, uh, coming off a loss on uh, Saturday night to North Carolina Central, 
uh, in Durham. I, I saw that one of your players said uh, after the game that this might have served as kind of a, a wake-up call. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Any, anytime you, you lose, it's humbling, and I think that's why this is, you know, the, the greatest game there is in just college sports in general, because I think for these, for these young men um, to just understand, you know, the sense of urgency they have to have, uh, you know, the, the sort of mastery they have to have to come with every single week trying to figure out their craft. You know, you can't take anybody lightly. Um, you know, I don't know if our guys did or what. You know, we've never played this opponent Um you know, so obviously it showed that we didn't have our best effort. So, you know, it's good teachable moments for us to be able to give them some, some tough, hard-nosed coaching. And the great thing is we get to get back to work this week and uh, correct some of the things in practice. Uh, one of the issues, I think, over the past uh, couple of weeks, if not uh, even for the first three games of the year, have been the number of uh, missed tackles on defense. Yeah, I d- definitely think that's something that, uh, you know, we got to continue to harp on one of those things in, in practice you know you, you don't want to you don't want to go live you don't you don't want to risk um you know injuring any of your guys in season in particular when we you know we're rather thin on both sides of the ball but it's also we got to find a way to, to be physical and at least you know wrap up so we're we're actually talking about that this morning staff meeting you know some creative ways and in, in practice do some more inside run when you know defense knows hey the run is coming you know buckle up get ready to go and get in there and get physical and kind of work on uh, some of the techniques that we, we ultimately need to clean up. So Saturday for game four, it's off to uh, Maryland to take on uh, Towson. Uh, what do you know about the Tigers? Wow, they're, they're big, physically imposing, you know, guys up front. Um, they got great length of the offensive line. You know, their skill, guys flat out run. They're going to be one of the fastest teams that, that we face all year. And then I think Coach Ambrose has done a phenomenal job recruiting. Uh, they got a bunch of transfers that they brought in. You know, we can't see not not that any uh, you take any quarterback lightly, but it seems like now we've had three straight weeks with some dynamic quarterbacks, and it's not going to change this week. You know, Tyrell Pigram uh, transferred from Ole Miss. You know, he's a true true dual threat. He can make plays with his legs. He's got a cannon for an arm, so he's going to pose some some uh, some nightmares for us. And then I think they got some guys out wide. You know, they got a, a receiver uh, from Pitt transfer uh, who made a bunch of plays the last few weeks. So, but the good thing is, I mean, it's a common opponent. We know, you know, we we know what they kind of have, and uh, it's it's a it's a league it's a league game. So, it's, you know, for us being two and one, losing that, you know, it hurts. Uh, but ultimately, we still control our own destiny in the conference. We're still two and zero there. So, we got to find a way to go down against a very, very talented football team and, and, and get a tough one on the road. And I know you will find a way. UNH head coach uh, Rick Santos, thanks for being with us uh, this morning on Kale & Company. Always appreciate it. Uh, look forward to next week. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. All right. So there you go. The Wildcats now 2-1 and one on the season, heading to uh, Towson on Saturday. I will tell you what, uh, listeners, we have a tremendous treat uh, coming up this morning here on Kale & Company because uh, in studio we have a couple of uh, the top music makers in all of New England and beyond. Uh, Brian Coombs is here from uh, Rocking Horse Studio and Justin Cohn uh, is with us. And uh, Welcome back to both of you. Both of you have uh, been on the program before. Uh, Brian, always great to see you. Great to see you too, Ken. And uh, Justin, 
Great to have you back yeah. in studio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We, and look at this. Still, we're still wearing a Red Sox cap. <laughs> True to the end. You, you got to love it, right? I actually uh, went to went to the game the other night and got it there. So did you? Wait, which night did you go? The Royals uh, on Friday. On Friday, so they night. won. They okay, they won, won that yeah, game. Yeah, I two went to, to one. a game. I went to a game early on Wednesday of last week, and they lost to the Yankees. Literally threw that one away yep. At, yep. at Fenway Park as they've been doing. Uh, many times uh, this year. But we're not here to talk baseball. We are here to talk about a very exciting new double CD that uh, is now out. I believe it was released on uh, Friday. Released on Friday. Yeah, last Friday. Yeah, and, show it to camera number we, two. We are going to hold it up to camera two, <laughs> right, right there. See, it? Yes. camera two is, is right up there. Circus of, of Wire Dolls. And we're heading up to a, a break just momentarily. But uh, coming out of it, we're going to be talking with... Uh, Brian and Justin about the double CD uh, that is just, uh, we heard some of this, uh, you know, several weeks ago. Back in uh, July. On the show. And it is a true masterpiece. And now it is out and available to everyone on the double CD that I'm holding in my hand. And we'll talk a little bit about the artwork on that as well. But uh, in the not too distant future, coming out on vinyl. It'll be out on vinyl in October. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the manufacturing processes have it, um, you know, it's delayed beyond the CD. Yeah, but uh, there, there has been, there's no doubt, uh, over the last few years, uh, a renaissance in vinyl. There sure has. Why, why is that? Why, why, do, why do you feel there's a renaissance uh, in the in the vinyl world, Justin? Uh, it, it's a good it's a good question. I think Thank it's you. been driven a lot by uh, millennials, uh, is what I've what I've seen. I think for the first time, uh, just a few years ago, vinyl actually outsold CDs. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. So, and if you go into like even a Walmart right now, their section of vinyl is yeah. more expensive than their uh, their CD collection. So I, I have seen I that. I mean, like remastered, you know, classics mm-hmm. and brand new albums and now. brand new albums, albums as well. Yeah. Yes, uh, and expensive. And yeah, very. They nice. are very expensive. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Is is the sound better, richer, fuller? Uh, on uh, on a phonograph, I'll, I'll a record it, player. What do you? Well, I don't even know what you're just an answer first. So table. well, Brian would probably actually know this, but I. So I I am one of the people who like vinyl. I I will buy vinyl. I I don't. I like. For me, it's seeing the seeing the music on on you know in grooves on a vinyl disc. I think that's really cool. I like the sound a lot more. I actually like on some of the older ones the clicks and the pops, that kind of thing. So yeah, um, yeah, and, and the skips yeah. and the skips. Right. Yeah, very, it's all in very endearing. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, as someone who grew up like you with vinyl, yes. um, I don't care to go back. <laughs> you you don't care to go back? No, You're, I think it. I think vinyl can sound great, but you have to have a really expensive system to make it sound mm-hmm. really good. And very true, very true. You can't just go into a, a store and buy a phonograph and expect it to sound great. That's right. But mm-hmm. You have to have the equipment for it. Yeah, good point. Uh, we will have many good points coming up uh, during the course of this program today from Brian and Justin, not necessarily me. But we'll be back to talk more about Circus of Wire Dolls coming up on Kale and Company Live at WKXL and rocking around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company. It is a Monday. Great to have you along with us. By the way, if you missed it, the Patriots won yesterday in Pittsburgh. That's big news these days. We have to savor every Patriots win uh, there is. There may not be that many. <laughs> but we are back on WKXL. Kale and Company Live. The uh, Rocking Horse Music Club has uh, just released its 
third studio album, correct? That is correct, I yes. I just wanted to make sure I have all my facts straight here. And the third is truly, as you heard last time, if you uh, were joining us when Brian was with us in July, Circus of Wire Dolls. I mean, I held it up to camera three just a few minutes ago. And, I mean, e- even the artwork on this, which we won't, you know, talk about extensively because obviously it's a radio show, but it is just, the artwork is amazing on the front and back covers of this uh, CD case. Mm, well, thank you, Ken. Yeah, I, I wish I could take any modicum of credit for it, but I You cannot. dismissed that summarily in the parking lot this, uh, this morning. Yeah, so the cover image was uh, created by uh, one of our musical uh, collaborators, a guy named Wesley Thurber, who plays trumpet on the record. He's uh, also an amazing singer-songwriter. He's a retired Marine who served our country in Afghanistan and Iraq. And uh, so he created that image. Um, and then the wire dolls themselves were created by my wife, Michelle. She created those dolls. Wes photographed them and then brought it into the computer and did some cool stuff. And then my longtime buddy, Christian Gustafson, did the layout. So a team effort on I their guess part. So, a very collaborative effort and uh just an incredible look on the uh, front and back of the of the CD. Circus of Wire Dolls. Justin Cohn is with us uh, in studio, and uh, Justin sings the lead role in this rock opera. P.T. Wolf, correct? P.T. Wolf, yeah. P.T. Where does that P.T. come from in a circus? <laughs> well, there you go, right? It's, <laughs> it's actually an homage to two uh, two primary. Uh, inspirations from the record, P.T. Barnum, obviously, yeah. and uh, my favorite American novelist, Thomas Wolfe. So there you go. Yep. That explains it uh, right there. And, I, I mean, we this has been quite a journey, as Brian talked about in, in his previous appearance here on the show. But to, to put this incredible recording together, this rock opera together, it has literally been a long and winding road. <laughs> It has, yeah. I mean, it's been um, just two and a half years. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, when we came back from England in 2019 after we did the Anthony Phillips tribute stuff, um, you know, I started sketching out a couple of ideas for songs and shared those with uh, with Justin and Pat Coches. And, um, you know, then the pandemic hit, and that yeah. uh, gave us a little bit more time or a lot more time to give the record 22 songs because I don't think had the pandemic not hit I think it probably would have been a single CD and it might not have been a proper rock opera it probably would have been a concept album and the whole P.T. Wolf part would have just been a part of the record with unrelated songs on it as well Mm -hmm. so you were in it from the very start Justin you were part of it and and, uh, Brian mentioned uh, Pat Goches of the Hats uh, you'll know him uh, from that, uh, from the hats, I'm sure. But uh, Justin, you and Pat in on it from the very beginning. What did, what did you think when Brian presented this concept to you? Uh, <clears throat> well, yeah. So he's well, <laughs> the concept kind of uh, evolved organically. So I think when you sent me the first couple of demos that you were like, "Hey, I think we got something here." I don't. I don't think at that point we were discussing even like a concept album yet. I think maybe it was a there was a seed in your seed, mind. Seed, but it was mostly yeah. just songs. It was like here are some songs we've been working on, which yeah. is kind of how our first project of original started. Was here's you know here's a song that I wrote. I think it would be good for our band. Um, 
I think it would sound good. It would match her sound. So, uh, I yeah. Th- so the concept kind of just evolved as the songs were written. And at a certain point, I remember a few com- conversations where you call me on the phone, and you're like, "What if we did that? What if we moved in this direction? And what if we turned this into a whole rock opera?" Um, mm. Which, which is kind of a, a you know, not it's not antiquated. You just don't hear of a lot of rock operas these days. So it was True. it was an exciting idea, and uh, I think a really unique story. And it really relatable, and even people who are I who I talk to, who I've talked to throughout the process, who you know may not uh, may not be their kind of music, or may not be what they're necessarily into, are like, oh, that's a you know, it's a really fascinating narrative. So I think I think we've uh, we've done that well. So yeah, I'm excited. And this rock opera is about 96 minutes long, yeah. right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, and. and uh, so, Brian, you mentioned it, it, this might have not been the case had, had it not been for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not have turned into a rock opera. Yeah, that's correct. I think if had it not been for the pandemic, I think the P.T. Wolf stuff would have just been a suite of songs, maybe two or three songs that would have just glanced the surface of the story. Um, so having the time with the pandemic allowed us to really dig deep and create different characters right instead of just at the surface level here's pt wolf talking about his circus we brought it down to the next level of here are members of the circus and they're telling their own stories and we wouldn't have had that opportunity had it not been for the pandemic right so in some cases it did it might have been a blessing right that that uh... Yeah, having the time, I don't think, uh, you know, the right. I mean, it's hard to say that a pandemic was a, a blessing. Well, I mean, but just it, when it concerns this specific project. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's slow, yeah. It's, it slowed us down, right? Yeah. Because we had, um, you know, there were plans for the band to go back to England in 2020. Mm-hmm. And obviously that, you know, that, that didn't happen because of the pandemic. So when that didn't happen, that did allow us a lot more time to, you know, figure out the path that we wanted to take with this project. So how would you describe, uh, either one of you can take this, the, the sound of the Rocking Horse Music Club? Well, that's... Uh, um, how would we describe the sound of Rocking Horse <laughs> yeah, Music what, Club? What, well, what genre would you would you put it in, or <laughs> can you uh, like pigeonhole it? Progressive rock? Yeah, I don't know what the... you know, what's interesting is there was a progressive <laughs> rock um, review, a review that just came out, Yeah. And, you know, he said, okay, well, there's the progressive rock influences, but then there are a lot of other genres included on the record. And in this reviewer's mind, that made the record even proggier, right? So (laughs) when we talk about progressive rock, then maybe that term isn't as well known in the United States as it is in England. But, you know, when you think progressive rock, it's bands like Genesis in their prime and Yes and um, Rush and Pink Floyd, you know? So those are bands that everybody, if you listen to contemporary rock and roll, you would know those bands, but you might not know that it was called progressive rock, right? But then what the reviewer was saying was there's a little bit of glam rock in there, and there's a little bit of musical theater, and there's some indie folk, and we even touch on like alt country on one of the songs. Mm. And as a whole, this is what the reviewer was saying, all of those influences, make the record even more progressive rock, which was the spirit of progressive rock when that came up in England in the late 60s. It was born out of, you know, the psychedelic movement in in Britain at the time. And, 
you know, the Beatles were kind of the, you know, it all sprung from the Beatles and the early Moody Blues and early Pink Floyd. And it was them mashing up genres, right? So it was rock and roll with folk and rock and roll with English church music and rock and roll with English folk music and classical. And they would mash all that up and that gave birth to progressive rock. So I think Circus of Wired Dolls is doing that in the 21st century. And uh, you mentioned the review. I mean, the, the CD just came out on Friday, and the review that that I read was just uh, just terrific. It was a, a, on Prog Rock, right? Yeah, this yeah, yeah there's uh, yeah progrock.com yeah. did a nice review, and Prog Radio just did a nice review, and then yeah. Prog Magazine, who are kind of the the kings of the genre, the paper of record, if you will. Okay. Um, they just gave it a really nice review as well. So that's all very flattering. I mean, we don't we don't do it for the reviews, but it's nice, obviously, to you know our peers. These are people that listen to the music, and some of them play the music. So it's nice that they're responding to it positively. And both of you guys uh, in it since day one. There are a lot of. Uh, uh, of great performers on this uh, CD, and we'll uh, talk about that as we uh, progress uh, this morning here on uh, Kale and Company on this progressive radio show. Uh, there you <laughs> on, go on oh. WKXL at uh, fourteen fifty on the AM dial, thirteen I should say one oh three nine FM in the Capital Region, one oh one nine FM in Manchester and beyond, and uh, on nhtalkradio.com. We're chatting this morning. With Brian Coombs and Justin Cohn of uh, the Rocking Horse Music Club and about the uh, great new CD that's out, we'll hear uh, a couple of cuts from Circus of Wire Dolls coming up very shortly, before 9 o'clock, I promise you, right here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live on this Monday morning. Great to have you along with us. And uh, outstanding to have in studio Brian Coombs from uh, Rocking Horse Studio and the uh, Rocking Horse Music Club, along with Justin Cohn, who's been on this show before as well. And today uh, we are talking about a double CD just released, getting rave reviews already, Circus of Wire Dolls. And as promised, we're going to hear... Uh, a couple of the cuts, and uh, both of them feature Justin Cohn playing P.T. Wolf. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to play uh, the first cut, uh, Face of Rain. So give us a little context uh, about this song before we hear it. Uh, do you want to go? Yeah. Do you want to explain the context to this one? Because I don't remember off the top of my hand. Sure. Like, yeah. So, narrative. so this is actually so. P.T. Wolf is a is an artist who creates this circus of miniature dolls, and he goes and performs the circus. And at this point in the story, uh, he's actually wondering, as I think all of us do who create music or literature, art. Um, if it's any good and if it's real and if it speaks to the audience and is it true? So this is kind of um, an artist wondering about the integrity of his art. It wasn't hard to find personal inspiration to, to sing this one, no. Yeah, <laughs> this is oh, there a you go. one on that level too, yeah. So this, the song is called Face of Rain. It is from Circus of Wire Dolls right here on WKXL. 
Amazing. Written by Brian Coombs, performed by Justin Cohn, and Face of Rain. Uh, part of the great new double CD, Circus of Wire Dolls. Uh, you can enjoy your own rock opera at home uh, with this uh, double CD. And uh, I, I w- during uh, the, the course of that uh, song, uh, Face of Rain, sung beautifully by uh, Justin Cohn, who's in studio today with uh, with Brian Coombs, Thanks, uh, you have this amazing booklet that comes with it. I mean, this is really something you can follow along, and the, the lyrics are here. Although the lyrics in these songs are easy to understand, unlike some music that you hear uh, coming out on the radio these days, these music, uh, these lyrics, you can understand. But to follow along with them and get, you know, see what's uh, what's you know out there and what you're listening to, is just amazing. And how the, you know, the context of the songs, uh, who performed on the on the various cuts. I mean, this is terrific. Oh, I thanks. mean, it really yeah, is. Thanks, Ken. I, you know, it's the, all the music is available on streaming services, right? So it's on Spotify and Apple Music. But what you you know what you lose is yeah. if you wanted to. Uh, you know, get the context of. I like the idea that these songs can stand on their own as yeah. individual songs that you right. could enjoy without knowing what the story is. But I think there's an added depth if you do know wh- how they were intended to be yeah, exactly. in the story. So that's you know, you get that with the CD version, and when the vinyl version comes out, it'll be the same situation. So you can follow along. You know, except bigger, yeah. yeah so except be easy, bigger, yeah. E- yeah. Easier for older eyes to uh, to to read. But I've I've encouraged people who've listened to it in streaming. I think if if they really enjoyed it, it has a replay value, especially because if if you get a physical copy, you can follow along. It adds another layer to it. Oh, I, exactly. Which yeah. I love because yeah. people have thankfully there's people have you know friends who are more my age or younger, and that's what they do. They listen. They stream it on Spotify or Apple Music. But I think it's a and, and they liked it. So I'm like, look. Buy the CD. You've got a booklet. You can follow along. It's a different, yeah, whole different way to, to exactly. listen to it. So exactly. No, it, it is uh, terrific, and uh, every lyric of every song, and and the musicians who uh, were on that particular cut, and uh, the mm-hmm. the vocalists, the uh, the instrumentalists, everything. So uh, while we have a chance here, uh, Brian, uh, 
let's talk about some of the uh, the all-star cast that you were able uh, to assemble for this project, uh, including Justin. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, there are, there are three layers, right, to the Rocking Horse Music Club the way I see it, and this record in particular. There's the core group, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, guys that do all the work with us at Rocking Horse Studio and the band that goes out and plays. So that's, you know, that's that's the core group. That's Eric Wagley and Brendan Harris-Ades and Pat Goches and Mike McAdam and... Justin and me and who did I just forget? I'm gonna if we're gonna name names, uh, Julie and John Finn um, are kind of the the core group. And then the second tier are session musicians that do a lot of work with us uh, at the studio, but aren't necessarily coming out and playing shows with us, mm-hmm. right? So that's Wes Thurber, our you know the, the 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 person who did the artwork. He's a trumpet player, and Jeremy Harmon on cello, and Kate St. John on you know uh, woodwinds, and Richie Garzina, um, another local guy on woodwinds, and then the third level are kind of the special guests, the more quote unquote famous special guests, right? And that's Greg Hawks from the cars and Chris Difford from squeeze. And the last time I was here, we listened to the song that Chris sings. And I see you've got the lyric book open to cut from a different cloth. That's a song that Chris sings. And, um, and a couple of English friends of ours, Tim bonus and Amy Burks, who are pretty well known in England. Um, Noel McCalla, who's been become kind of a you know a collaborator with us. He sang on the Aunt Phillips tribute record, and he plays a significant role. He sings more songs on the record than anybody but Justin. So Noel McCalla plays the uh, the ringmaster. So you know those are kind of the tiers, and we've just been really fortunate to um, you know to get so many talented people to contribute. And because it was a rock opera. Um, we needed to have other voices. So Evelyn Cormier, who I know has been on your show, yep. she sings a song. Caroline Carter uh, voices a couple of roles on the record, and uh, she's been getting rave reviews. So it's uh, multi-tiered. I, I guess it is. It, it is amazing. And uh, were you a part of the writing process in every song? Uh, I was, yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you had collaborators as well, but yeah, uh, you, mostly Justin and Pat. But yeah. uh, Caroline Carter co-wrote a couple of the tunes with us, and Tim Bonus wrote one of the songs with us. Dusty Gray wrote a song with us. Yeah, well, hey, oh, oh, what a tremendous project! I mean, really, it's a rock opera, and you know, as we mentioned, you don't hear about too many rock operas these days. And we'll have to see if there might be a future for this. You know, We're hoping there is. Major, major motion so. picture or on stage or, or something. But uh, we are talking about uh, a great new double CD that's out, Circus of Wire Dolls. Justin Cohn is here with us today along with Brian Coombs from Rocking Horse Studio. We'll be back with more. We'll hear one more cut from the CD coming up right after these words on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Stay with us. Gale and Company live on this Monday, and uh, so pleased to have in studio Brian Coombs and Justin Cohn from Rocking Horse Studio and the Rocking Horse Music Club. And what a collaborative effort uh, they have put together. Circus of Wire Dolls, a rock opera. And uh, we just heard Justin Cohn with uh, Face of Rain just before the break. And uh, now uh, we're going to hear another 
uh, selection from Circus of Wire Dolls, also featuring Justin Cohn. And uh, we were talking about this uh, during the break. And how did you describe it, Brian, as a uh, what kind of a song? This is a dream pop song. A dream pop. Have you ever heard that term before, Justin? <laughs> dream pop. A dream pop. Uh, dream, dream pop, pop. song about insomnia. Uh, insomnia yeah. and anxiety, right? Anxiety, yeah. yeah. And, and so just, just explain a little bit more. Now, this, is, this will be P.T. Wolf or Justin mm-hmm. Cohn singing here. Yeah, so P.T. Wolf at this point has just come off the road and he's back home. So he's happy to be home. Um, but as happens to many of us, right, he wakes up in the middle of the night. And when you do wake up in the middle of the night, um, once your brain starts going, it can go to some pretty dark places and as F. Scott Fitzgerald once wrote, um, you know, nothing good happens at 3 a.m., right? And everything is worse <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I use that kind of as the inspiration to talk about what was going through my head at 3 a.m. And it was some consolation that, all right, well, I know it's not going to be that bad when, uh, when the morning arrives. And, and it's dated here. Uh, Altamont? March 31st. I, I know that's a special day in your life, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, uh, yeah. It's his birthday, folks. <laughs> March 31st. I know, You know how I remember that? How do you remember that? It, it was Gordy Howe's birthday as well. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, that's, that, <laughs> that's the Gordy Howe connection. <laughs> that's right. And he was the inspiration for the March 31st. And, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so this is 0300 and uh, Justin Cohn on WKXL. Dark 
Oh, 0300. Oh, 0300. Yes. Mm-hmm. Altamont. And just give us a little background on Altamont. Yeah, so Altamont was um, Thomas Wolfe, again, a big inspiration on this whole project. So um, Thomas Wolfe was an American novelist from Asheville, North Carolina. But in his fiction, he called Asheville, North Carolina, Altamont. Ah, so there you go. For those of us who are not quite as well-read as as Brian Coombs, and that would include a lot of us, certainly mm-hmm. including me, but uh, sung beautifully, uh, 0300 by Justin Cohn. That is such a hauntingly beautiful and emotional song. I Thank mean, it you. It truly I, is. I think it's Justin's finest vocal on the record. Thank you. Well, there yeah. you go. And, uh, and with a harp, mm. an oboe, a cello. And a cello. Yeah. Some, of the sa- some of the sadder instruments. You know, I don't know if you can get much sadder than the timbre of an oboe and uh, a cello. So that's that's Kate St. John. She was in a band called Dream Academy back in the 80s. So that's her playing the oboe. And it's our own Jeremy Harmon playing the cello. Wow. That, that is just hauntingly and uh, makes you want for more of uh, Circus of Wire Dolls. Well, luckily we have more. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> and uh, a total of uh, 22 songs. We've only heard two of them. <laughs> Uh, today, I wish I wish we had more time. We'd play the whole thing, uh, but uh, that's uh, it's up to you now to get the the double CD. And how, how do people uh, go about it if they want the the hard copy, not the not the uh, music from the internet, but if they want the actual uh, double CD? How do they get it? Yeah, so the easiest thing to do would just be to go to the band's website, RockingHorseMusicClub.com, and there are purchasing options both directly from our shop, but also from retailers. And uh, coming up. Vinyl when October fifteenth or yeah uh, I think it's October twenty oh, something I think, oh, it's, okay. I think it's a twenty six the oh. link to pre order that's also on the website too yeah yeah uh, what what a Christmas gift that would make indeed uh, for yeah. people so uh, we we just kind of teased a little bit going into the uh, uh, the last break that what what becomes of it now I mean this is a rock opera uh, <laughs> is it uh, do you have any plans for for staging this uh, whether it be uh, in a theater, uh, a major motion picture, or what? Uh, what what's next? So yeah, there, we have been there have been some serious 
discussions um, three threefold. I mean, first of all, the band is going to go perform it as a rock band, so we're not okay. going to dress Justin yeah. and Noel up in costumes or anything. Although, I think Justin could handle it. I, yeah, uh, I was so, kind of hoping for that, but oh well. So we're gonna do we're gonna do we're gonna do a couple of live shows in England in March and uh, possibly a warm up show here before we go. Uh, but then yeah, then there's there are talks about converting this album into a Broadway slash West End type of show. Yeah. Caroline Carter referred to it in a text yesterday as Progway. Ah. Uh. Broadway, uh, all right. right. Which like could that. become a thing. I told Caroline Broadway. that she's going to have to trademark nice. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So we're in discussions with a few people that could possibly help us make that happen. Wow. Um, as well as some people that are interested in turning that into a major motion picture, which, uh, you know, both of those both of those are things that are well beyond our pay grade, but uh, I think Justin and Pat and the whole gang, I think we're all interested in pursuing that as a possibility. Oh, absolutely. And I, I would love to see it staged, you know, in, in this area, you know, I mean, most of us will not make it to England to see mm-hmm. to see one of the performances, but uh, boy, it'd be terrific it, if you could kick it off around here someplace. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see see if that's a possibility. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Circus of, of Wire Dolls, and uh, it is just incredible. And I, I have my copy now. You do indeed. Thank you, Brian. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Justin. And uh, I will be uh, playing this. In fact, I'm driving to Canada on Friday. I'll play the whole thing in, in my car. Because, awesome. yeah, you know, WKXL doesn't reach that far on yeah. my car radio. It's either that or the CD. I wish we had more time to play more cuts, but we'll have you guys back. Uh, in the not-too-distant future, but it's Circus of uh, Wire Dolls. And again, Brian, how, how can you get a copy? Uh, rockinghorsemusicclub.com. Simple as that. They'll mm-hmm. get it right out to you. Justin, outstanding work on, on this uh, CD. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, thanks for being yeah. with us at this early hour of the morning. Brian, thank you. Thanks, Ken. We'll be back tomorrow for more Kale & Company Live here on WKXL. Stay with us on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. And this program will be repeated at 7 o'clock tonight on KXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Make it a good Monday.